joy to the world, joy in the world, through the world, joy that embraces pain and suffering. For pianist Bill Carter, jazz is all about joy, a joy rooted in the here and now, celebrating what it means to be human and to connect. And it is that that connects with the spiritual in our lives. Bill Carter is longtime pastor of the First Presbyterian Church of Clark Summit and founder and leader of the jazz ensemble Presby Bop. The quartet will begin its 30th year this weekend with an annual jazz service at the church featuring music from the band's 12 CDs. Presby Bop performs far and wide, close to home. They've been part of the Scranton Jazz Festival and they've played here at the WVIA studios where this CD was recorded before a live audience with a companion DVD. Bill Carter and celebrated bassist Tony Marino, probably the longest running member of the group, were here at the station to mark another anniversary, the 50th anniversary of WVIA's George Graham. And they stopped in to speak with us about Presby Bop's 30th and how it all began. Bill Carter. It was an inch at a time, and the door just kept opening. And when you play with somebody like Tony Marino, you, you want to do it again, and you find the opportunities to do it, and you know he's busy, so you've got to plan in advance. Next thing you know, you're going on tour, or you're, you're making a recording, or you're writing music with him in mind, or the other guys in mind, and it just has continued to grow. And Tony, you can do a million things. You can be a million places. You can play with a million people. Why the commitment to Presby Bob? Well, Bill is a special human being who organizes material, writes material, so it's fun to get together and and get the material together. He also honors all the great jazz artists every year. So it could be anywhere from Miles Davis to Charlie Parker to John Coltrane to Charles Mingus. And so he features uh, different players in the band, and uh, he always he always yeah. organizes a beautiful program. We get together and hit, and we have a good time. And funny thing is, it's in church it's where in church. people are so yeah. polite, <laughs> and there are always cookies. Yeah, and cookies. <laughs> Bill, you have something very deep going on in mm-hmm. your soul in terms of music. Yeah. How does having a jazz ensemble or jazz group that you're fronting, how does that play into your ministry, does it play, or does it? Uh, it, well, it does. We've talked many times before about the continuing integration of all the parts of our lives, and not just having a Sunday morning part, but having a full week part. And, and the older I get and the deeper I try to go, the more I realize that this music, as with probably any authentic music, that is music that's made for music's sake and not just for commercials' sake, is deeply human. It resonates with what it means to be human, whether you're happy or sad, whether you're synchronized with others or on your own, all all the above. And why not honor that? Because I have come to believe that what is most human is probably what is most holy. I mean, we don't escape our humanity. We go deeper into it, and we build friendships, and we connect with other people who may be different from ourselves. And what happens to our souls and our lives comes out of that that risk, that interchange, that uh, collaboration. And jazz is all about all these things. 
And you guys do take risks, don't you, when you get together? You don't <laughs> know where... Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where all the fun is. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's why we do it. Yeah, we yeah. listen to people we love to hear, and we imitate that, and then hopefully develop our own our own sound style. And when we get to that moment of uh, hopefully magic, mm-hmm. and we go, we go for it. Yeah. And sometimes it's successful, and sometimes it's not. But. And it's a little known secret, but we do rehearse. We don't rehearse a lot, but we rehearse. We we work through things. And uh, I was talking with our friend Al Ham today about this this next jazz communion service we're doing. And I said, so we're going to do one of those new tunes. You weren't on the recording. It's in 6-4 and 7-4, and the solos are in 5-4. And he said, I'll be smiling from the first row. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, he, he knows. He's at a point where he doesn't want to engage in something that that's risky for him, I think. But for us, that's, still, that's where the juice is. That's where the juice is, to constantly keep pushing ourselves, going deeper and wider. People who don't play music like you with each other, what about that level of connection, that touching each other deeply that you don't have words for? Would you call that a spiritual experience? I would. Yeah. I yeah. would because yeah. uh, I don't know how to put it into words, but it, when it connects, it's, yeah. it takes you. You, you could be playing for an hour and a half straight, and you have no idea you've been playing that long. Right, which is often the case with, with our band. I'll program a 45- or 50-minute first set, and we go an hour and 20. And uh, you know, the person who's hired us says, well, uh, you, know, you, you kind of went over. I said... I don't wear a watch when I play. In fact, I don't wear a watch most of the time. I, I go with what's happening right in front of me and right around me. You were joking about people are polite in church and there are cookies. You're there on Christmas Eve or mm-hmm. you're there on Labor Day weekend. What goes on there? Joy. Joy. Absolutely. Yeah, joy. And uh, I, I just listened to an interview with Michael Stephans who's a drummer who was teaching writing at Bloomsburg University, great drummer, plays with David Liebman. He says, uh, the heart of our music is love. It's love. Liquid love, you know, love in motion, but it's, it's connecting with other people, connecting with the musical material, connecting with one another. But we have talked, you and I, Bill, about the tough stuff, about mm-hmm. how Dave Brubeck took on took on racism yeah yeah and did it because he knew that love is more important than racism and separation than sending people into poverty or exclusion uh, that it's it's about connection so we want to be part of that and I think that's that's the tradition and for me the great gift you know I've got the the minister thing and I've got the musician thing and I do the minister thing a lot more but they've been connected and it's because of the friendships i've built with these musicians um that 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 means so much to me they call me some time to kind of run things by me uh i write crazy music and they make it sound better and it's all of a piece now when you listen and play deeply with tony over the years and you decide you're going to write something for him what is it that you take joy in challenging Tony to play, or what is it that characterizes his playing that you love so much? Well, there's a resonance. 
there, there's a soulfulness, uh, and that's in addition to the to the expected gifts of a bass player, good time and good note choice and uh, participation in the ensemble. But there's something on that big red wooden string machine he's got that it, it just it resonates with me, and I know right where I am. And we've been at this together over 25 years, so I, my, my goodness, I, I know right where he's going, uh, and he still surprises me. And he knows where I'm going, and then he corrects me. And it's, it's all of a piece. It's all of a piece. And it's all in motion. Absolutely, vice versa. You get to know each other. You, not only by sound, by vision, too. Mm-hmm. You see the way someone moves their body and... You yeah. know, you know yeah. they're getting uh, starting to get active, and yeah. we'll go we'll go for those places. We've done some duo things, <laughs> and I thought that those were some of the best playing we've done together because yeah. it really got it opened up. You know, when you're playing with other players, you have to be careful of your uh, how you're st- walking through the music and yeah. when to play and when not to play. And space could be your best friend, but when you're playing duo, we have a lot more interaction. And I also mm-hmm. become more of a solo instrument as well. Mm-hmm as opposed to just a companyist. And there's no hiding, and there are no cheating, and there are no shortcuts. I mean, you are out there together. Yeah. Tell us about your instrument. Introduce us to, to you. Big Red. So well. Big Red. <laughs> well, you know, I got into playing because of people that I love to hear. And so I, like I said before, I, Im- I imitated what they did, stole their ideas, mm-hmm. made it into my repertoire. We get together and we play with a lot of different people. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get on the bandstand with some some heavyweights. So that just raised my level mm-hmm. and my ability to, to play with these people. And then I'll, I'll get experiences from them and get together with him, and, and he'll mm-hmm. pick up from, from what I'm doing, from what I learned from, from this player. So it's a, a community, a language that we all do together. Yeah. And uh, we all will go anywhere and play anywhere and get us a gig. That's right. Well, and there's no real social hierarchy. Uh, I mean, because of Tony, I have befriended David Liebman, this tremendous sax player. I bought his method books when I was in high school to try to figure out how improvisation works. Mm. And now we're buds, we're, we're colleagues. And it's because of Tony introducing us and connecting and we realize we're all about this together. We come at it from different skill levels and different, you know, different times and different perspectives, but we're all moving in the same direction. Now, how will you then draw us into this conversation, this joyful mm. exchange <laughs> that you're going to have on the 4th? Well, I'm still figuring out what we're going to play, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be things that we have played before and played many times. Not only does that shorten any kind of rehearsal time, but it also frees us to bring something fresh, something vital, and something historical to the event. You know, so that we're actually going to begin with a tune called Pass the Plate, which I wrote when I was first was invited to do church services with a jazz band. I thought, well, we needed something to play while they're passing the plate. So I wrote a tune, and my standard shtick is... Um, it needs to swing so hard the wallet will fall out of our pants. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably going to go eight, nine minutes, which is three times the length of a usual piece of music in a Presbyterian church service. You know, when you're playing music that you've played before as well, there's a familiar familiar feeling, and uh, you'll find new approaches a lot of times on mm-hmm. playing. And we do, we do that all the time with all the jazz standards and other standard repertoire. 
So we well, we get we get involved that way and play together and find new avenues. We're always looking for that something new to excite us, and hopefully that filters to the audience. And sometimes it's just juxtaposing things you didn't think would ever fit. You know, the tune Autumn Leaves as a rumba. And when we get to the middle of it, we go up a half step. Now suddenly you've created a situation where you're all going to have to deeply engage to figure out what you're doing. And the people who are around you may be chewing gum or ordering a glass of wine or having bread and grape juice or whatever they're, they're doing. But we're engaging in creating and and what a kick that is it sure is and it ties in your line of work one of your lines of work bill that mm-hmm. the sense of the creator right right and and what invites us to come alive i mean to be become completely human to become generous and loving and gracious forgiving um i mean you can't play jazz without forgiveness if, if Tony didn't forgive all my bad notes, he, he wouldn't be still at it. Well, and vice versa. Sometimes we hope for those bad notes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the bad notes open up new explorations. Yeah. Things that we never that expected. Yeah, the half step. Now, you have taken these thoughts that you both have been articulating, mm-hmm. and you've really been thinking about them and writing about them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've uh, finished a book manuscript. Uh, the working title is taken from a Charlie Parker tune, Thriving on a Riff, and then the subtitle, Jazz and the Spiritual Life. It's not jazz in church or not jazz in faith. It's deeper than that. It's not, it's not aimed towards some kind of corner of religious or spiritual expression, but what does it mean to be a human being who cares about things that are, have deep value? So there's a, there's a chapter on joy, and there's a chapter on pain, and there's a lot of work in it about racism, which is tied into this whole development, not only of the jazz tradition, but the last 400 years of American life. How does that get played out? How do we keep working that through? You know, what did Brubeck do? What did Charles Mingus do? What did Mary Lou Williams do? Uh, but there's also ultimately a chapter on hope about transcendence, And I begin it all by telling the story of a 19-year-old girl who got a $1.85 ticket to sit with her aunt in the Latonia Theater of Oil City, Pennsylvania. And that was my mother. And she was there to hear Louis Armstrong. And she said she remembers two things. One was he had a stack of handkerchiefs, and within two minutes in the first tune, he's wiping his brow and dropping the handkerchiefs on the ground. And the other thing is the room changed. And I said, let's talk about that. That's, that's where the book begins, and that's what it's about. Community is built. Differences are transcended. Pain is honestly expressed. Why do I feel so black and blue? That was Lewis's signature tune in 1955. And, and yet the euphoria when they would just get cooking on some tune, and that, that there's something more at work here than pain. So, you know, as I'm starting to shop the book around, one of the lines in the uh, submission letter is, I have, a, I have a hunch that the Holy Spirit plays jazz trombone. <laughs> right off the back end of a of truck, you know, with that slide. But, but that there's something resonant about this very human music. And it's not just jazz, but that's what I know best and where I've gone deepest. 
Now, what about this new CD? <laughs> the Dancing Calvinist. Well, I think you and I talked about this previously when we were putting together a concert. And we, we worked with Alan Baker, who directs the Lyric Consort, and I wrote a piece during the pandemic, Eight Movements, and it draws on some traditional texts and some traditional scripture texts. It's, it's an, a jazz requiem. I don't know of anything else like this for choir and for a jazz quintet, and it's all woven together. It's the centerpiece of the album. And the album is called The Dancing Calvinist. That, that tune has its own little story. The old reformer, John Calvin, who's like the Presbyterian guy, you know, pre-Presbyterian guy, had a psalm tune writer named Louis Bourgeois, who wrote a tune called Old Hundredth, based on the Hundredth Psalm. It appears in the adventures of Tom Sawyer when the boys come back from playing pirates. It's the ba da do 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 So this is his setting of Old 42 in the Genevan Psalter. Well, Louis Bourgeois got into trouble with the authorities in Geneva. He was arrested for changing a psalm tune without a license. And this is how we know he was the first jazz musician of the Reformation. He was messing with the music. <laughs> he was messing with the music. So we take that tune and we dress it up and my left hand does a little Vince Guaraldi thing on it and we let Mike Carbone, the saxophonist, rip it apart. And it's fun and we hang on. That's the one on, that's uh, in 6-4 and 7-4 and the solos in 5-4. Or as Tony says, just feel it. <laughs> this is different or not different from the other oh, heaps of... Seats. everyone's different. Yeah. All, all 12 of them now, are, or 11 of them, are now different. This has uh, some jazz tunes on it. Because my hair is turning silver, there is a tune about aging called Autumn Comes Quickly. There's a response to uh, the January 6th rebellion, which I call a simple act of courage, which is what might have actually dispersed that. But the center part of this is this collaboration between choral music and a jazz band, which you would have to ask the Lyric Consort, but they were on full alert <laughs> trying to figure out what we were doing. In the end, you just have to trust one another. True. It is true. Tell us then how we can join in with you on Labor Day weekend. On the 4th, uh, it's at 10 o'clock at First Presbyterian Church in Clark Summit, 300 School Street. For those who want to tune in on, on Facebook, they can do so through that. Uh, go to fpccs.org. That's the church's website. And on the right-hand column, there's a link to watch the service live or later on YouTube. It's there, professionally recorded. Two cameras, fpccs.org. Bill Carter, longtime pastor of the First Presbyterian Church of Clark Summit. He's a composer and the founder and leader of the jazz ensemble Presby Bop. And Tony Marino, the celebrated bassist and probably longest running member of Presby Bop, here at WVIA talking about the 30th anniversary of the Presby Bop Quartet to be marked this weekend, Sunday, September 4th, and there will be a chance to hear music from 12 CD recordings of the band's history. 
The service begins at 10 a.m. at First Presbyterian Church of Clark Summit, 300 School Street. Featured musicians are Tony Marino on bass, Tyler Dempsey on drums, Mike Carbone on saxophone, and Jeff Stockham on trumpet, with Al Ham on saxophone when he isn't sitting out that first tune in those complex rhythms. And, of course, for the Reverend Bill Carter on piano. If you want to watch the stream, tune in that way, fpccs.org, fpccs.org. And this is a sample of the newest recording of the group, The Dancing Calvinist. This is the Pie Jesu from Lux Eterna, a jazz requiem by Bill Carter. And it's the Presby Bop Quintet and Bill Carter with the lyric consort under the direction of Alan Baker. That's the 30th anniversary of the Presby Bop Quartet, and the celebration will take place Sunday, September 4th. It's an annual event. They always play Labor Day weekend, and you can find them at the First Presbyterian Church in Clark Summit, 300 School Street, at 10 a.m., and they'll be performing and at the same time streaming online streaming so that you can join them that way or for a later visit fpccs.org fpccs.org 